Someday you meet someone special. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Who else tells you that? Everyone? Anyway, it's a stupid idea. <laughs> You're stupid. Love is the strongest thing in the world. I think you'll find that metal is the strongest thing in the world, followed closely by dynamite and then muscles. Besides, I wouldn't even know it if I saw it. Surprise, surprise. The shoelaces are undone again. Oh, Cho-Cho, you'll know when it happens. You'll feel it. It's a pain. My ass, I bet. In your tummy. Like you're full of butterflies. Yuck. Yeah, yuck. Come on, Shitla. Let's get the move on. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And for this episode three, we're going to talk about Jojo Rabbit, uh, the most recent of, of our, the films that we've discussed so far. Despite the fact that it just came out last year, I've actually gone through it three or four times at this point just because I watched it with my wife, and then I, I immediately had to be like, hey – I went to my brother. I was like, I think you should like you like this. And then um, I love watching uh, Oscar-nominated films with my mom because she holds the Oscars in very high regard. I was like, you got to watch this. And then I had to rewatch – not had to, but I got to rewatch it uh, for this podcast. What about I like, you? I like your correction there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came along, Mike. <laughs> it's all wants. It's all want. I want to do all of this stuff. Uh, what about yourself? So yeah, I actually saw it a couple of times uh, theatrically, um, just watching it with my wife uh, because uh, Taika Waititi, a uh, new film of his, I, uh, I think, I, I've not seen everything that he's he's done, but I certainly was a fan of the uh, the, the last two things to my knowledge. Uh, actually, oh, three. So Hunt, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, Ragnarok, What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, I've not seen Boy from 2010, so I can't can't claim that I'm, you know, a completionist as far as the the Watiti cinematic universe. And I'm pretty sure I watched this um, the night. I think I watched it election night here in my, the great state of Kentucky. It was the day after Trump came uh, to uh, to do a, a rally with our governor, which uh, Kentucky. <laughs> Thankfully, and in surprising fashion, quickly voted out. So let's say <laughs> Kentucky Trump, the president, comes down to stump for the guy. And we're like, yeah, no more. <laughs> Get that out of here. So I was kind of at that time in the mood to see uh, Nazis being taken down a peg because it was yeah. my theme of the week. And uh, <laughs> then, like much like yourself, uh, my, my stepmom was uh, asking me, like, I guess when the Oscars were coming around, she's like, so what's this? Was this any good? Was this any good? And thankfully uh, our local Cinemark 
uh, we're doing those like Oscar specials where it's like, hey, here are the, all the yeah. nominees. Yeah. So you would have to pick and choose. It would be playing like one night here for one showing, one day for this. And so we, we made a point, goodness, like a month in advance, like a sort of a, you know, a little, uh, a, a scheduled date to educate her, I guess, on some of the, the Oscar choices. And this was her favorite. This is one that she liked the most. So right. uh, she was happy to see uh, Mr. Watiti, I think, win for screenplay. I, I believe yeah. that's what he won uh, for. But adapted. Yep. And um, yeah, so this is one that I, I did have, even though it's recent. I, uh, I had a few swings at the bat with it. And... That's strange for me because I, I don't know if anyone's listened to me on any other podcasts. Um, and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not trying to critique your life choices, Webb. I'm I'm not a fan of children, <laughs> generally speaking. <laughs> so, right on. so having our lead child uh, be precocious and a, a hopeful budding Nazi, Nazi youth. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. I didn't know how to take it. I, I think some of the initial criticism or maybe apprehension was uh, a guy known for this very specific style of comedy doing that where Hitler is a young boy's imaginary friend. I could see there being some concern, but I, I mean, I think it, it went quite well and it seems to have not. Uh, I mean, I know if you get on Letterboxd or Film Twitter, there's going to be some slings and arrows, but uh, I don't think in the general sort of uh, mainstream reaction to it that it was seen as a controversial thing once you got past the initial conceit of the film. Right. And, th- and that's the thing. Like uh, when Hitler was actually in power, uh, there were he was being lampooned by Charlie Chaplin. Uh, to Be or Not to Be is another great film that attacks Nazis. And so it's like it- it's silly to me that this would be something – that controversial, especially once you watch it, I, I genuinely don't think that uh, um, there's that much uh, to be offended by. It, it really does a great job of balancing the tones because you've got something that's comedic, but it's set towards the end of World War II. So, and it, it's able to turn on a dime and just do it really well. It goes from comedy to tragedy very well, uh, very quickly, um, which I, I don't know how. I really don't know. And that's why I was really interested in the special features. And when I started listening to the, uh, the commentary, I, I was uh, initially very excited about it. And it turned out to be a horrible experience. I didn't even get through all of it, maybe half an hour. And I should have known because I saw a little special video online. Uh, I think it was like a variety where he and Stephen Merchant were uh, breaking down the Heil Hitler scene. And Watiti was more interested in just bullshitting. And Stephen Merchant, like an actual filmmaker, he's breaking things down and discussing what happened in the process. And so the film, uh, Watiti in the commentary is like, well, I guess let's watch the film for a little bit. And like three minutes later, <laughs> he's like, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, phone. Oh gosh, oh was it Roman Davis? I think the, the the main actor, and he calls on the commentary using his telephone. He calls the little kid up, and they have like a three minute conversation about you know how it was. I'm like, sure it was set. riveting as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> it was horrible, and then once again he's like well let's watch the film a little bit more and then five minutes later he calls Stephen Wait, Merchant is he silent in between these bits yeah 
So he <laughs> he only knows how to do an audio commentary if he can get on his phone <laughs> and just chat with someone else. Uh, they didn't think to maybe partner him up with somebody, would they, or does he need to talk to different people throughout the entire runtime? Well, I, I got through Stephen Merchant's bit. I'm I'm sure he calls more because I then I went and looked at like kind of the description and it's like, what do you see with others? So I think he just bothers the other cast members of the yeah. film. Uh, Stephen Merchant, the brief time he's on the phone, he goes through the process and talks about the setting. And I'm like, that's what I want. Why can't Stephen Merchant be here? And so and so, Watiti seems like one of those guys who's just naturally gifted and talented, but isn't interested in discussing it with other people, other muggles such as myself. I just, I just want to be a insight. terrible podcast guest. I see. Uh, allow me to nerd out just for a second and uh, say yeah. that if you want a true pro, uh, true professional especially in the podcast setting, if he'd ever come down off his mountaintop. I remember on the Vanilla Sky commentary track that Cameron Crowe does something similar. And I was like, let me just see if I can call Tom. This was like, you know, see what he thought about this day. Now, he Cameron Crowe is talking the whole time, but, but then pulls out the phone. Tom Cruise, right on the spot. He's got gold. He's got material. Like I was like, that's, that's oh. why it's Tom Cruise. That's why he's right there. Interrupt his day. Sure. I, I'll give you some insight. And uh, yeah, so... I guess YTT has a little ways to go, maybe. I don't know if that makes him, like, he'll never be Tom Cruise, but uh, to be Cameron Crowe? I don't know. Well, then, you know, Tom Cruise, the ball's in his court. He's officially invited. Tom to Cruise? Yeah. I mean, we, we will change it to the Cruise cast if he, if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get rid of the format. <laughs> bit of change of pace that it sounds like <laughs> the uh you know in our, our our month so far that there's a little bit of hesitation and that you know the first the first selected film uh the second one apprehension it sounds like about well at least on my end about being older <laughs> and revisiting your youth and you being an old man <laughs> finally being exposed <laughs> to youth culture from two decades prior Right, but this one, uh, you know, open arms. Even though it is, like, look, it is a film that if someone told me I hate this, I find this annoying and it's not very funny, I, I wouldn't think they were totally out of bounds because I would be like, yeah, that's that, this is it's a bit much. It's a certain sensibility that I don't think yes. uh, would have, you know, would I hate to use this is kind of overused, and I'm sure Watiti Watiti would hate it unless you know he wanted to chat him up for five minutes on a commentary track. But, you know, Wes Anderson, that style of humor is also something that is very divisive. And I find myself on both sides, depending on the film, when you go through his filmography. Comedy is generally that way. Very, like, you get it. Like, Norm MacDonald is one of those individuals who's like, if if you don't find his humor funny, I don't know how to make him funny for you. I mean, it's like, you uh, either get it or you don't. The the moth (laughs) joke. I don't know if you've heard that. The moth joke. (laughs) 
fan. <laughs> one of the best. If I could, if I could go to my grave having that memorized, <laughs> I think that's that's the goal. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't know. This is a very morbid pact we can make, <laughs> but yeah, whichever one of us passes first, the other one has to <laughs> read that. That's a eulogy. If, if we can make that agreement, well, the, you know, the rest of our whoever is the. Uh, uh, the grieving family are horrified at this random person <laughs> this podcast are coming in to do a moth bit. Um, but I, I liked what you said, getting back to Jojo Rabbit. I liked what you said about the tonal shifts from scene to scene. Because even if you can get past the premise, you've accepted it. Uh, it may be the silly comedy, uh, you know, the, the little Hitler youth camp that kind of opens our, our movie. The, uh, <laughs> the Jojo Rabbit Hitler Beatlemania type thing we're, we're doing uh, to open the film. Uh, I wondered if, even if you're enjoying that, those hijinks, if the melodrama that comes in uh, would take people out. And for me, they, they do it very successfully. I, I actually think this is some of Scarlett Johansson's best, best work here uh, as very restrained. Most people are going to be restrained against this, like Babadook style kid who's a maniac just, just roaming around, but she's she's really good here. She is so damn charismatic. It's it's almost frustrating. Again, it's not at all frustrating, but it's almost frustrating to see. Uh, um, she just seems so. Um, oh, what's the word? Like ethereal. Like she doesn't seem real throughout the film. Like oh my goodness, she's this. Uh, or attempting to be this like wonderful mother, and and who's clearly trying to do what's best for her son, dealing with ideologies that she just doesn't agree with, trying to coax him out of that. that that's what you do as a kid. You want to be part of the in crowd. And so he's just, he lacks the courage. Well, it's also a survival trade. There, that's, yes. that's the interesting thing about her relationship with him is you can't push this boy too far to the the correct choice because you could be sending him to his death if he if he totally buys into what his mother is telling him if he doesn't come to it on his terms which is also look that that's not really a lesson that i think most people are going to be too accepting of in our times that you have to like let people kind of come to come to their senses on what is the, yeah. the ethical choice uh but it obviously should be a little bit different in this context with the, the age that this kid is. Like if he, if he's a grown man, Watiti has a lot more problems trying to get his audience, our audience to be like, well, he'll come around right. <laughs> from his Nazi yeah. ways. Um, I, I I don't know if you'll agree with me here, but like that the scene with her and and her son Rosie and and uh, Jojo at the dinner table where she uses the soot from the fireplace to pretend like that, that's the scene right there for me for, with her um, pro probably the, the, the best uh, one of her best. And the same year she had a marriage story, a, a really great performance. This is really kind of a, all right, well, black widow's done. Let me get back to some acting, <laughs> you know, let me do some of these projects that maybe I've been kind of holding off on. So I'm, I'm thrilled that we got to see her really flex her acting chops uh, in two films. And, and she got nominated for both. It's, it's definitely, you know, she like the, uh, you know, the, the director here and the, the writer, you know, they're both, they're, they're both, they, they dabbled in Marvel. And this is, this has that feel of like, okay, this is the one for me uh, scenario. It's, uh, unfortunately maybe a little bit old-fashioned given the uh the cinematic universe the 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 domination of everyone trying to have their own and locking in 
uh, these great actors to what is, you know, I, I think even on their best days, juvenile <laughs> stories that can be extreme, can be very well told, but you know, they are, you know, comic books. You and I both are comic book fans. You, you know, you, you have really gravitated towards them, uh, in your older years as a parent, because your child <laughs> cannot destroy <laughs> your absolute additions. <laughs> they are childproof. Unlike other forms of entertainment. No more trade paperbacks. Yeah. Uh, you mess with this, it's going to crush you. <laughs> But I I also admire Jojo Rabbit in that it's not decided like Marriage Story. Marriage Story is definitely like a harder a harder set, right? This this still has enough of a populist flair to where this is has like a structure that it could be entertaining for like mass consumption. Like it, it, it's I think Marriage Story. I'm trying to imagine what sort of date night you would go on where that's that was like a comfortable time at the movies, which is weird to say that about a Hitler youth. It's like now that that's classic Hollywood storytelling right there. Like you have a few laughs, have a few cries, marriage story. Just you know, you've got a you've got an overweight best friend. You know, it's 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 checking off all the 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 marks. Has one of the best lines in the movie for me, where he's like, "It's really a bad time to be a Nazi." Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's amazing how relevant this film really was. Yeah, I think he yeah. was in the works for a hot minute, but yeah. Actually, one line when I watched it with my mother that she laughed at, which I, I, I kind of wanted to turn and, and discuss why she's laughing and make sure she understands what's happening, is when um, Yogi, I think that's his name, his best friend, or, or Yorkie, excuse me, and he says, if we don't want those Russians coming here and, you know, uh, screwing our dogs, you know, it's like, and she, my my mother, like, aw, like laughed out loud. That's weird. Like, that is strange, because that is my stepmom. That is the part where I could not get her to stop, like, in the theater, like, just being tickled at that. And I'm like, what is it? Like, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think either one of us have any experience with the Russians and dogs. Like, it's something from our youth. Right. I have no idea where that came from. But it's it's lines that, like that, I guess, that... that it's it's amazing what will tickle our funny bone. It really is, and what TT does a pretty good job. Like all comedy, I think there's a lot of hit, hits and misses. Like if you watch a Family Guy episode, they'll probably have like a hundred jokes, and like three or four will land. And usually that's enough for me. But uh, what TT does a really good job of of editing or just choosing the right jokes, and so so good on him. Uh, good cast. I think everyone does a really good job. Um, it's shocking to me. Yeah, the only reason, like I would say, you don't enjoy this film is if you are a Nazi. If you do believe these things, <laughs> I, I don't know how. Well, like it's funny to me the people who are who <laughs> just didn't get down with with the with the film. But hey, it is what it is. Some of that is the maybe the Oscar race where it's like this bit of oh, silliness. Yeah. Maybe doesn't 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 belong yeah. here. This seems like. If you enjoyed it, that you would want that uh, you would want this represented in award season just to have like some sort of variety as far as, you know, like a a palate cleanser. Now, like I'm trying to imagine the world. I mean, it would be a version of hell (laughs) if nine out of ten movies were Jojo Rabbit, because I don't (laughs) know that that, you're talking about that sort of like mile a minute, like throw a gag at the wall, see what works. I I don't think the film is totally guilty of that because it does take enough time to have actually 
uh, sort of defined arcs and these relationships with these with these characters. Um, but yeah, there's there are definitely bits of it where it, it does have that sort of devil may care attitude. And you know, you, you if that one doesn't work for you, we've got another line coming up here, and we've got Sam Rockwell coming up with his. <laughs> its own personal quest to knowing knowing that things are going to end poorly for him so going out with some <laughs> some of his personality intact in this this horrible like oh, unification of hate <laughs> and he's coming up with <laughs> costumes and it is one of the um strangely more optimistic looks at middle management his character where it's like he's totally restricted <laughs> by the his superiors who are horrible awful people but he still manages to to give a little bit of himself to uh, uh another person uh, and i know sam rockwell gets a lot of shit for playing uh i guess a string of parts of like you know racist characters or or people who are involved okay. with uh you know racist uh organizations like he is here but i don't know man i i, I got those vibes from uh the way way back. Did you watch that one? Was Sam Rockwell as a uh, water I did park? Not. Major? not the way back, but I yeah no, I did not check do the that way, one way out. Back. That's you know the, okay. I'm not saying that you were wrong to start off the show with the positivity of Harvey, but the way way back, <laughs> Sam Rockwell and tank top, you know, being giving sage advice to to kids. Right on. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. I also just want to say one last thing about this one and. and Sometimes, like, there is an emotional moment in the scene, and, and you're – I often – whenever you get to it, I often worry. I was like, how is this going to – how is this going to hold up in repeated viewings? And the fact that Watiti goes out of his way to make sure that you recognize her shoes and that reveal when she is um, hanging. And I, it – I don't know, man. It hits me like a truck every single time. And I know I've only seen it a few times. But it's like – I'm always the lead up to it, like the butterfly moving towards her. Like I always like dread that moment because I'm so in love with Scarlett Johansson in this film and, and just how wonderfully charming she is. And um, we just, we just don't get to spend enough time with her, but, but that's kind of why it's so effective. Um, yeah. It, it gets me every single time. It's also, I mean, even though it's a, uh, I mean, the setting itself is not fantastical, but this this version of it is because it's from a, a little boy's point of view who is imagining himself uh, kind of playing an adult and playing in these uh, real world events. Uh, it put me back in that place where you don't really, especially the age, have any sort of semblance of what your parents lives are like outside of how it relates to you. And maybe that's something that carries over into adulthood, depending on how self-involved you are, which <laughs> given the right. time we're recording, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're all guilty of that, but uh, I, I think it, it works in that sort of gut punch way because from a child, it's just about his shenanigans. And then all of a sudden his mom is no longer there anymore. She's just totally removed from that. Um, yeah, I, having seen it a couple times in theaters, I, I, I still remember the sort of like audible gasps that you, you ever got when, yeah. they, when they recognized, you know, what was yep. about to happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't have too many problems, uh, with this, this film. Uh, I don't know, unless you want a different musical selection at the end. I don't think so. I uh don't. I, they didn't need that quote at the end. I think that's probably my like most the the most egregious thing the film does. It's like it's a good cut. Like the two of them are dancing at the end. You, you don't need an added like. 
it's like when Black Klansman ended with actual footage of the right. It's like, come on, Spike. I I know, man. I know how relevant this is. You don't need to hammer it home. Got to be careful here, Webb. We're we're talking about how much we enjoy this whimsical look at Hitler as a young man's best friend, (laughs) and then now you're picking on Spike Lee's Black Black Klansman. I don't know. Dangerous territory. Dangerous. Cue the music. (laughs) Get us to the wrap up show. That's uh. Before Webb gets us uh, blacklisted by film Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>